The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. I got a fever, and the only prescription is smoking. Over the line! This. I'm sorry, Smokey, you were over the line, that's the problem. Is the cigar authority. Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? The authority. Is that a serious question? On everything cigar. No, it wasn't. In. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. And out of the cigar industry. Sounds pretty awesome. With your host. You have to use so many cuss words. David Garofalo. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. Mr. Jonathan. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Barry Stein. The scotch on the rocks. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, any single malt. Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps. Maybe a Glengow. Any Glen. It's time to light them up. Sounds really fun. It's time. Cool. 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 For the Cigar Authority. I gotta have more cowbells. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. Broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound Stage. Today at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, which is right above Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And today, we go back in time to cigar brands, sizes, companies that have changed over time. We're going to open up the time capsule and light up. Welcome, everybody, to The Cigar Authority. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority, broadcasting over eight years and making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. Catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog on the Cigar Authority. So I've been selling cigars 32 years. 1985, I began selling cigars. And every once in a while, somebody comes in and says, I used to smoke brand X, and my tastes have changed. It doesn't, uh, I don't like it anymore. Uh, I'm here to tell you, your your taste probably hasn't changed all that much. It happens in, in a small degree. But the brands have changed. The companies who own them, the countries that they were processed in, some brands are not the same brand it was before at all. And a way to look at it to see if your taste has changed is if you have always been a lifelong steak eater. Yes. And now all of a sudden you feel like eating kale every single day. Your tastes have changed. Yes. But if you ate steak for 30 years and on the 31st year you still want steak, it isn't you. Yeah. It's the cigar that's changed. Yeah. And, and it happens, I guess, on uh, food companies end up changing and, uh, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, cigars, for sure... And uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to go really back in time into uh, old cigars, uh, some of which some of our employees didn't even know what some of these cigars we talked about were. Uh, it's just amazing to me because some, some of them were the big brand, the big thing everybody was talking about. And now today, they don't even know what it is. Barry was trying to look one of them up and, and said, I can't get information on it. You know, and it's, no kidding. And we have, Barry uh, Statstein couldn't find something? Yeah, ba- and Barry's uh, off, yep. off stage again. I hope next week uh, to be back uh, on the big stage. But he's there with Ed Sullivan, who Ed knows. Hang on a second. Ed, you yeah. can't just say Ed Sullivan because we know who Ed Sullivan is, but everybody else is thinking of the famous TV co-host, no, Ed Sullivan. No, they're not. They're thinking of this Ed Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that until you just said it. I, it took me a long time, too, because I would say, this is Ed Sullivan, mm-hmm. and people were looking at me weird going, Ed Sullivan, really? That's his name? Really big show. Yeah, that's really? his name. Now uh, when Dave wears the Jiffy Pop popcorn hat, it'll make a little bit more sense. 
Yeah, no, it still is not going to make any sense to me. Great Karnak and Ed Sullivan. But Ed's been a customer. My God. It, Ed, it's got to be 25 years anyway, I would say. Anyway, and he knows the brands we're going to talk about. He, he's somebody that could chime in. He, he knows what they are. We, could, but, uh, we can make that happen. Yeah? I don't know how comfortable he'd be. He's shaking his head? No. Yeah, he's, he's okay. Yeah, give him a headset. He can chime in during the thing as we're talking about it. But first, uh, we thought we'd, uh, you know, and when I saw this brand, I said this is a perfect brand, although a new brand. It's a perfect brand for uh, talking about old brands because it is actually called the Time Capsule. Barry, tell us about it. Well, today's cigar is the La Aurora 1962 Corojo Robusto, and it's manufactured in the Dominican Republic at the first factory of that country, La Aurora. The size is 5 by 50 It's a Robusto with a Dominican Corojo wrapper, Ecuadorian Sumatra binder, and fillers from the Dominican and Nicaragua. It's part of the Cigar Authority Care Package, and a single cigar will set you back only $5.89, and the box price is $103.99, which is a saving of $14, or about 13%, at TwoGuysCigars.com. And if you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retail that carries it, try TwoGuysCigars.com. That's number two. GuysCigars.com, and this week, if you leave a comment when you make the purchase that says 1962, we will give you a free gift. And Dave, should we say what that free gift is? Well, it's, it's two free gifts. Yep, so you're going to get a La Aurora lighter and a La Aurora ashtray at no charge for just leaving 1962. Supplies are limited. We got about 50 or so, so the first 50 people okay. will get it. If you're 51, we will email you and give you the option. But the first 50 people will get one. Yeah. You know, have you ever smelled pepper? Of course. All right, but if you could get rid of the part that makes you sneeze, just the aroma of pepper without the burn and without the bite, the foot of this. This is in the foot meaning the open end is what we're smelling. So we're smelling the inside of the tobacco, which is typical of Nicaraguan tobacco. It, it's got that pepper, but it, it's, there's no sting, there's no yeah. burn. So it's subtle. Very subtle. So a couple ways to smoke the cigar is the outside wrapper, if you wanted. You said, wh what was this, Ecuador? This is a Dominican Corojo over an Ecuadorian Sumatra okay. binder. Dominican Corojo. That has a little sting to it, the outside yeah, wrapper. It does, yeah. I, I just sniffed that, and now I've got a little burn going yeah. on. Yeah, so that, that has, has the little bite to it, but if you go into the foot of the cigar, you, you actually don't smell that. So this is part of the Cigar Authority Care Package. We've got about 1,000 people smoking this or hopefully smelling it right now before they cut it. Try to enjoy every single part of a cigar, especially that you didn't have before, of the, of the aromas and, and that the is look something. of it. Look at it. Look at the sheen that has to it. We're talking a $5 cigar. A little over $100 a box. So uh, it, it's a bargain. This is, oh, yeah. this is now back in the day. The uh, and I say back in the day in the 90s, a three dollar cigar was the bargain cigar, later turning into a five dollar cigar now is the bargain cigar because really the sweet spot, the heavy spot is around eight dollars of a premium cigar. We were talking about that earlier yeah. this morning, uh, seems to be where they are as these things come in and you're looking at them, that's what you'll see. So let's give it a cut and light, see what it's all about. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo, the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. And speaking of excellence, we got Frank back. It's been a long time, um, and I've been following Frank a little bit out there, having a tough time 
health issue-wise, but uh, he looks good. He you does look good. Lost weight the hard way. Uh, yeah, that's not the way you want to lose it. But uh, great to have Frank back. He's got a smile on his face. He's back home. At first, I thought he had a MERS, but that's some sort of uh, equipment to keep that him has, alive. that's helping him stay alive. <laughs> so I will allow that. There's no man card being revoked over no, here. This, this but at pump. first, I thought you had a MERS, Frank. Oh, my God. There's a tube going into him. So, <laughs> But here he is smoking a cigar. I like that. I love it. I love it. So now, we're going to be smoking our cigar. We're going to have to light it. it. Let's taste it before we light it. All right. This is the cold draw. We see it on Cigar Journal. We have to do that now. That's the new thing on there. Never was there before, no, the That cold was Barry draw. Stein. Yes. I, I made I, the request. I am going to take credit for that. Really? Yes. Ed Sullivan, you're behind him. He can't quite reach his back. Just give him a little pat back there. Here we do go. we have uh, volume on Ed Sullivan yet? Uh, we headset have, three? Uh, he's three or four. Three. Turn we, him up. We have headset now volume for Ed. So welcome to the show, Ed. Well, thank you, Barry. Hey. There Ed he Sullivan is. is sitting behind Barry Stein in case Barry needs a pat on the back. Mm -hmm. And, yes. and, he, and he's learning how to use the board. <laughs> but just in case Barrett's needs a little boop, boop. And it's a good thing I'm there. not feeling a little gassy because I'd be a little nervous with him sitting behind me. It's a peppery caramel. And not the hard caramel either. I'm not talking about Werther's original. I'm talking about the soft, the gooey soft, pole, yeah. the one I like. Yes, a little, put a little black pepper on that bad, Larry. I saw the new Werther original that they actually put the, the – um, Spice, what's this thing they do in October? The uh, pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. They got to stop calling it the Werther's original then. It's Ugh. the Werther's new. Ugh, it's gross, man. I can't stand the artificial pumpkin. If there's one flavor that puts me off, it's artificial pumpkin. I don't even like regular pumpkin. Everything that much. I look at has pumpkin spice on it now. It's disgusting. It's everywhere. My wife bought pumpkin spice hand soap. So now Is my it delicious? smell. Like pumpkin spice, cut spice. Coffee. Did I did I it's miss terrible. did I miss this this crazy pumpkin spice thing happening? It's it's Getting everywhere. Worse. Yep, it's everywhere. I'm waiting for Trojan to come out with pumpkin. Never oh jeez, oh. <laughs> save it, buddy. Save it for your asylum bin. Oh my god. So we're gonna light our <laughs> we're gonna light our cigar today with the Lotus T4, not to be confused with the Lotus T3. <laughs> I, I don't think there's a T5, but there is a T4 here. It's a $49.99 lighter. You it's want to talk about a full metal jacket. Yeah. Not so big that it couldn't be a pocket lighter inside your jacket. Now For that Barry. it's getting chilly out, we could all have this. It's four jets powered by the patented Vertigo big-ass tank. You've got uh, easy flip-out adjustment at the bottom and a cover, which I like, at the very bottom to keep the uh, fill chamber free from schmuckus. Schmuckus. Keeps the schmuckus out of the fill chamber. Technical term. So it's the Lotus T4, and it retails for $49.99. Ask so, for it by name. So that little pepper that you said, the little stinging pepper that you didn't smell in the foot of it, I'm getting in the taste of it. The little, little stinging pepper uh, right on the first draw. 100%. <laughs> so let's go back in time. Let's go back. Way on back. Way back to the 60s. Um, and in the 60s, it was all about Cuban tobacco um, until February 1962 when President John F. Kennedy imposed a trade embargo on Cuba, uh, home to what many believed was the best tobacco in the world at that time. Kennedy had his press secretary, Pierre Salinger, 
buy the last 1,200 of the popular H. Upman Petit Coronas. Petit Corona size, 5 by 42. This was the hot size in 1962, 5x42. Happens to be Ed Sullivan's favorite in, in 2017 They still. call that the Ed Sullivan at yeah. all, all three two-guy smoke shops. Uh, so he's, uh, he, he's an old soul because he's still, that's his go-to type of size. I thought you were in high school in 1962. Is that not accurate? That is not no, accurate. No, he was a baby. College? He was a baby. <laughs> not accurate. <laughs> but he was, he was alive. I was alive. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm about, about the same age as Dave, mm. but uh, I haven't aged as well. No, you, so the, you uh, age better. <laughs> so there's ye in front of how old you are. Correct. So uh, that particular cigar, the H. Upman Petit Corona, was very, very popular in the D.C. area, obviously where John F. Kennedy was living at the time in the White House, and popular size in the 60s. That's what people smoked, that type of size cigar. The first cigar boom, we talk about the cigar boom of the 90s. Nope, the first cigar boom was 1964. This is after the embargo ended. Americans consumed 9.9 billion cigars, not premium cigars, but all cigars um, that year. And even non-premium cigars were more premium than non-premium cigars are at this time. Yeah, it was, it was just a way for companies to move their short fill along. I mean, it was still yes. good stuff. Yep. Machine made back then? Machine made, but much like the way J.C. Newman makes machine made cigars. So it's like a tweener okay. in between, right? The belief was at that time, and still is today as far as if you talk to me, cigars were healthier than cigarettes. So mm. cigarettes were all the rage in the 50s, and now people were starting to get off of cigarettes because they hear in the Surgeon General saying that cigarettes are bad. And this was the boom that was created in 64 which was, you know what, cigarettes might not be good. Let's go to cigars. I'm wondering if that freaked out the cigarette companies at all. Yeah. And they wanted to start bringing cigars down at that point. Well, then they started making little cigars like Winchester little cigars. They were cigarettes that with brown paper, and they called them little cigars. That started that whole thing. Popular cigars in the 60s uh, included still the Cuban cigars because they were there till 62, along with whatever they flooded the United right. States with. Uh, beforehand, so H. Upman Cuban, Punch, Huy de Monterey, Monte Cristo, Partagas were the famous brands, and they actually still are. Here we are all these years later, 50 years later, and still those are the popular Cuban cigar brands. But non-Cuban cigar brands, Temple Hall, Macanudo, those were from Jamaica, Monte Cruz, which is actually an exact duplicate copy. They tried to copy the Monte Cristo, and that was Benji Menendez and his family losing the Monte Cristo name to Fidel Castro and going to Spain and going to the Canary Islands and making a brand Monte Cruz, trying to replicate what they had in Cuba. So that, that's how the 60s pretty much went, and then it was on to the 70s, and obviously I, I can do a whole show on the 60s, a whole show on each, but let's get cut to the chase of what it was. The 70s, uh, 1972, we saw a lawsuit with Menendez, Benjamin Menendez's family, with Faber, Cohen, Gray. They were the distributors of Cuban cigars, but obviously at that point, not in the United States. Menendez's family sued them, allowing the original owners of the brand to create a legal U.S. version of the brand. So Cuban cigar brands uh, started being sold in the U.S. from 72 on. And that was all cr a credit to the Menendez, Menendez family. family. With the lawsuit to the distributor. 
saying, okay, you distribute Cuban cigars in the rest of the world, we are going to distribute that cigar in the U.S. not using Cuban cigars because we are the true owners of that brand. This, this 1972 lawsuit, we're going to hear about this if the embargo ever lifts because they're going to actually refer back to that at that point and say this is how it works. Could so, that be why some people in the industry believe that Cuba does not want the embargo to lift because they may not actually have the rights to these to those old brands. These old brands. Those would go to the family who lost the brands. That's what I believe would happen myself, too. We don't know. You hear, well, I just, you yeah. hear it behind the scenes, people talking about it, people of Cuban descent. I don't want to mention anyone's names and get them in trouble, but uh, that's one of the things that they talk about. Yeah. So the true owners would, would get it back. The problem is 50 years have passed. What happened to those true owners? Uh, maybe enough time has gone by, and then Cuba says, well, they're long gone. You know, maybe a little payoff to them. Who knows what's going to end up happening, but you'll hear of this lawsuit. Menendez versus Faber, Cohen, Greg will come about uh, again uh, based on historical information of, of yep. what ends up happening because that's what, what happens in lawsuits, that they go back to what happened. So 1972 begins new cigar brands um, in the U.S. with Cuban brand names attached to it, and it was the families that ended up doing that. But also not to take anything away from Cuba. They saw that happen, and they started creating cigar brands at that point, and that was the brand launch of Cohiba. That was not a brand that, that belonged before and owned from anybody into the U.S. This is where the problem arises on that Cohiba brand. Cohiba gets released in Cuba, in the rest of the world, not the U.S., and then somebody in the U.S. does it. They're going to have a problem. That because, is a problem. That's be, fascinating. Yeah. So as Cuban tobaccos and cigars uh, were running out in the U.S., tobacco seeds from Cuba began to be retransplanted in other places. This is the beginning of the word Cuban seed happens at that point. Where, just to go back for a second into the Cohiba yeah. thing. So has there been a lawsuit ever of Cuba suing over the trademark of Cohiba? Yes. Many, many times, and that, that has gone back and forth who won. And just, just and to forth. refresh our listeners' uh, minds on this, you have the company Altadis that is 50% owner of the Habanos and its distribution. Yeah. They are the direct competition of General Cigar who owns Cohiba Red Dot. Which is so the they Dominican own Cohiba, version. and the Dominican version is Cohiba Red Dot. Yes. That came out. After the 1972 lawsuit, yes. Cohiba was never owned by a family. It was only owned by the company of Habanos. Correct. So, Which there wasn't a Habanos then. It was called something, something different, else, but whatever. But, so the parent company. The, yeah. So now if the embargo lifts, Cohiba Red Dot absolutely, I think, has to go away because they have no family claim to that cigar. Correct. Brand. You would think. So now that's a point for Habanos saying, okay, let's do this. Right. One brand. But then there's other brands that came out after the fact, too. Anything that came out after. What about, and I'm sorry to get off no, the topic here, but this all. has my brain going. What about Cohiba Bahike that we've seen over the last five years shift from Cohiba Bahike to Bahike? Bahike by itself. And there's been talk of the possibility of Cohiba maybe going away in Cuba and it, every Cohiba frontmark becoming just Bahike. Then, then the embargo lifts. And Cohiba doesn't matter anymore, which is another play. Yeah, because to, to give that up to General Cigar if they came here, oh. which would be the direct competitor. 
So this is where the problem, and, and I say fun. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be fun to them, and it's going to be a lawsuit, but fun, interesting. It would be Interesting very, for us to yes. watch who's, you know what, swings yeah. bigger. That's what I'm curious yeah. about. The, and the lawyers are going to make a ton of money. They'll be the big the, winners. Right, that, which is what happens most of the time. But the Cuban seed thing, you had Carlos Taranio Sr., uh, who brought Cuban seeds to the Dominican Republic. He was the one. He's the one that started off. You see, you see Cuban seed. It started off with Carlos Taranio Sr. basically stealing the seeds. He was the thief, right, stealing it from yep. Cuba. Takes it to the Dominican Republic. The Marafeld family brought it to Africa, and the Aroa family brought it to Honduras and the Canary Islands, uh, Mexico, Jamaica, and other places, including Connecticut, and this is um, the talk of Cuban seed when it ended up happening. People laugh at it and say, Cuban seed, that's a fast thing. No, it's the truth. I mean, it was, a, a, you know, a, the seed I of heard that a story, plant. and I'll, I'll leave the yeah. names nameless in case I'm not getting the story correct, but people would be searched if they were leaving to go to another country. And, but out of respect, the grandmother would be left alone. So inside a pill bottle... <laughs> inside of grandma is how the seeds end up coming out. And That's the story I heard from one of the manufacturers who claims to have authentic Corojo. And his grandmother had it up her cooch. That's I'm not saying it out loud, Barry Stein. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, he's, uh, he's over here just uh, minding my business and willowing throwing it. me under the bus. So that was 72. 73 brought the consumption of cigars to the highest level ever. 72, it was 11.2 billion cigars, which came out to, at that time, 54 cigars per every person. Wow. Per so, year. Yes. So 54 cigars a year on average. For every single person. Right in the now, United we're States. at less than one. <coughs> yeah, per year. Per, per year, per person. Yeah. That 54 is a good week for me. Mm. But that's a year. Mm. Especially when we get a cigar journal package. Okay, the cigar went out on me. Only because I was doing so much talking in there. So just for the hell of it, I'm going to relight the cigar just the way I did before. I'm going to toast it on the outside. But instead of drawing in on the cigar, I've, we've done this before, but I'll show you anyway. I'm going to blow out. Can anyone tell that uh, our uh, cigar tasting season has started? Yeah. So we, <laughs> this time of year, we're in full swing. And we do it all the time. We do it every week, yeah. That pepper bomb initial draw. Completely. It dropped. Yeah. I don't know if I even taste it anymore, but it was right there at the very beginning. It's weird. This cigar, the aroma and the flavor profile, it just reminds me of being on the floor at La Aurora. Yeah. Because, you know, I worked, sure. as you know. Oh, for did you work for La Aurora? Yeah. I had no I idea. I didn't know you didn't know. Yeah. But it just takes me back to sure. the smell of the factory. Sure. All right. Let's go into the 80s now. Cigars in the 80s. Declining years for most uh, but a boom for the Dominican Republic. So the 80s, uh, when I got into business in 85, the cigar manufacturers, the rep, would walk in and say, what are you doing, young man? Are you crazy? Because it was dropping and it was dropping hard. By the time 85 came, I mean, it was, you know, probably 10 years in a row of, of a drop-off that ended up happening. I think 1985 was the start of the A-team, which is what yeah. Kicked off 50% of my cigar obsession was Hannibal Smith. All right. So declining. Uh, Dominican Republic ends up growing. Um, brands out there that were doing really good. Tiamo from Mexico. Don Diego. H. Upman from the Dominican Republic for U.S. only. Remember, here are the, the Cuban brands. 
that are made somewhere else only for direct import into the U.S. You couldn't buy them in the Dominican Republic or any other country, but Don Diego and A. Chapman was a big deal at that time. Here are Cuban brands made for the U.S. market. They looked exactly like them. Uh, they tried to make them taste like them. I didn't know cigars well enough to be able to uh, even remember at that time. Also, brands like Macanudo grow to the biggest brand in the U.S., and here is a cigar made in Jamaica, which was all the... Jamaica was what Nicaragua is today. Everybody yeah. would say, this is Jamaican. Oh, my God, i got to end up having this. So brands like Temple Hall, Royal Jamaica, these were the hot things at the time. These were almost boutique-y hot. Um, so... What else happened in 1981? The first cigar magazine, 1981. Al Goldstein, who I know uh, Barry must know well, right? Yeah, Screw Magazine. There we go, of course. One of your favorite publications. <laughs> My hero. <laughs> uh, New York R Rag. It, was, it, was a it wasn't even a magazine. It was a newspaper, yep, right? Yep. Um, he, he has this porno magazine, Screw, and he decides to make another magazine, newspaper style, called Cigar. And Al Al proclaimed, cigar smoking is just, just not part of life. It is everything. And he I can get down with that. Yeah? Yeah. He was certainly way ahead of his time when it came to cigars. You're talking about the industry that was tanking at the time, and he comes out with a publication about an industry that's tanking. But he wasn't talking about tanking. He says it was everything. He loved cigars and just way ahead of his time. Uh, could have been popular, but he was 11 years too early. Think about it. We smoke a cigar when we're happy. We yeah. smoke a cigar when we're sad. We smoke a cigar to take up time while we're waiting for dinner to be ready. We smoke a cigar as dessert, yeah. sometimes with dessert. Yeah. Cigars are everything. They're everything. That's what he said. 1983, Scarface, the movie, brings back cigars on the big screen. Say hello to my little friend. Is that that movie? Did I get the quote yeah. right? Yeah, you got nice. it right. So now you're starting to see things happen again. Declining market, no doubt about it, but you saw that ended up happening, and it kind of gives a little bump. 1983, the Ritz-Carlton Boston creates the first cigar dinner ever anywhere. The Ritz-Carlton Boston. I'm not in the cigar industry at the time. I don't even know what happened. 1983, black tie, high-end everything, including cigars. 1985, Two Guys Smoke Shop opens in Somerville, Massachusetts. What would be an expensive cigar in 1985 when you opened? Cigars were about a buck. So $2 would be astronomical. It would be twice the price, right? <laughs> <laughs> so in 1985, someone drops $2 on a cigar. They're loaded. Yeah. They're buying... $20 box of cigars. They're buying the Macanudo... Um, um, what's the big size of the Macanudo? The uh, Prince Thames? Philip? Prince Philip, yep. right, which was a big 7 by 50 which was obscenely large in a box of 10 because they were so expensive. Uh, so you, you're looking over, over $2 a cigar. It's like, holy crap. And the guy says, I'll take a whole box. Oh, that's $21. Like, you, know. you just made my month, buddy. Right. So, um, again, I'm, I'm in it in 85, and people are saying you're out of your mind. Um, and I would say 87 was the first we saw uptick that I opened a second store because business was good. And the beginning of what the cigar boom is about. And a lot of things ended up playing roles of that in 87. Greed is good, said Gordon 
Gecko, Mike, Michael Douglas, in the 1987 film Wall Street. And if you recall, Bud Fox, Charlie Sheen at the time, gets into his office by presenting a box of cigars for his birthday. That's what gets him in there. His favorite. And boom. Um, in my personal opinion, this is what, you know, you're talking about uh, stock market guys and people with money. This kind of did it. You know, people were talking about him. People were coming into the cigar shop at the time. Hey, any idea what cigar he was smoking? And, you know, it was like the hot movie at the time. And people right. were talking. Money guys were talking. We carried the Wall Street Journal and Investors Daily and stuff. People would come into it and say, maybe I'm going to try one of those cigars. You could see regular people that didn't smoke cigars were influenced a bit by that movie and said, what's up with, the, with cigars? Because it got them in the, you know, hypothetically got them in the... In the um, office yep. to the guy that they couldn't get into. And by 1989, two guys opened its third cigar store. So the 80s, as much as it was bad, we could see the beginning of the climb. It hit rock bottom, and then all of a sudden started coming, and we started seeing something happen. So that was the, um, the 80s. That ding-ding means it's time for the matchup of the week, brought to you by VS. VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair. Victor Sinclair Cigars. So today, it's going to be Bruce Springsteen, the boss, versus James Galafini, Gandolfini, right? The late great James Galafini, who played the boss on The Sopranos, running a real crime family. Remember, Gandolfini is just an actor, was just an actor. Bruce Springsteen, just a musician. Uh, all proceeds go into charity. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to run a crime family. You're really getting creative over there. Yeah. All right. So uh, you mind if I go first on this one? By all means. So you got the actor that plays his number three guy. Uh, who Steven is, Van Zandt. Yes, who is the guitar player yeah. for the boss. Right. So therefore, he's got two people. I never even thought of that connection. He's they got are the connected. boss. He is the boss, yeah. and he has the boss's third in command, and the guy looks like a gangster that plays the guitar, yeah. so I'm going to go with the boss would raise more money for charity as a gangster. The uh-huh. boss meaning, meaning Bruce Springsteen. Correct. I agree with Jonathan. Springsteen grew up in Asbury Park. He knows all about the New York, New Jersey crime families. Um, he's been around it. He grew up surrounded by it. Therefore, he's learned, and therefore, I'm going for Springsteen as well. Gandolfini was just an actor. Don't know even where he grew up. You don't know. No. Plus, I met him once, and I thought he was a, let him rest in peace. I thought he was a total a-hole. And, would, and you've met Bruce Springsteen? I have not met Bruce Springsteen. Okay. But you know where he grew up. I knew he grew up in Jersey. Yeah. Ed Sullivan, do you care to weigh in on this uh, well, hypothetical matchup? N- not for nothing, but Gandolfini's dead. Yeah. <laughs> which, which so would, he's really not going to do well. No. <laughs> <laughs> Automatically. All right, we're going to give it to Bruce Springsteen only because Gandolfini is dead. We have a voice of logic now on the show. I don't, yes. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so very, very interesting. Very interesting. So early thoughts here on the La Aurora time capsule that is now still lit for me. What do you got? A little bit of spice. Uh, there's a cinnamon flavor that's coming and going. It's not staying consistent through the cigar. I did have a little bit of an issue with a, a fairly loose draw. I wasn't getting a lot of smoke production, but I seem to have smoked through that and it's a little better i can tell you the loose drawer comes from a prefer uh a preference of guillermo leone done on purpose yep he hates struggling with a tight drawer cigar so all of their cigars 
tend to have a little bit of an easy, easier draw. Uh, but I agree with you, a little bit of earth, some canal. Um, there's, a, there's a subtle complexity about it that's enjoyable. So you, you're looking at a $5 cigar. Nothing wrong well, with absolutely this. Absolutely worth $5 all day long. Yeah, nothing wrong with this. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the 1990 cigars come alive in the cigar boom, cigar magazines, and the Internet. We'll talk about that when we light up an old cigar later on that isn't the same anymore for a lot of reasons. We're live from Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series from Hammer & Sickle. Live well. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up up the diamond crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman's Garco or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Kristoff cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Kristoff is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the pissed-off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. 
de Padrón Mission is simple. Exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padrón Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padrón Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. I want to tell you about my friend Hochi Blanco, a fourth-generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. If some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hochi's factory, Tobacalera Palmer, has produced the cigar that not only belongs to the factory, but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special, using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper surrounding a Dominican blend of Piloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With the exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. The flavor, smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing pot. La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more. This is Rudy from the chat box up in Canada, where, yes, we celebrate Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Hanukkah. We even have electricity and the internet. You're listening to the Cigar Authority right here on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And we are back. Do they have pumpkin spice in Canada? I don't believe it. They don't have pumpkin spice. They don't even have pumpkins, I don't think. Do they have Halloween? No, it's too far. I don't know. It's too far north. We're back live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound Stage. And we're talking about the old days. No, not the good old days, but these are the good old days right now. If you're wondering when the good old days of premium cigars are these are the good old days when it comes to cigars but that too may be ending soon and we'll explain that too welcome back the, uh, it's very very rare <coughs> that i'm disappointed with any cigar in the cigar shop yeah even if it's outside of my wheelhouse strength wise the, the tobacco is still very well fermented the blends are on point we are in the, absolutely the cigar yeah. heyday. So, and, and i'll say we're in the heyday because it's kind of a flat industry right now and flat is the best when way it to comes make. to blending because now everyone has to step their game up to be that bright and shining star. Yeah. So, uh, as bad as this FDA is and no things can come out, it's just improvements of what they already have. So, cigars are improving. There's no rush to market anymore. It takes that away. And the competition is competition between this brand and that brand of what, what it is. So, this is we're smoking the La Aurora Time Capsule. And this is a new cigar, but it is old school, it's a I throwback. would say. It's a throwback old school brand, right? That is correct. And uh, 1962 pays reference to the first year that they ever used Corojo on a wrapper for a cigar. Ah. So there's also the 1903 Cameroon, which was the first time they used the Cameroon wrapper. In the year that they... 1903 Cameroon is that old. Yep, it was the first cigar that the first cigar factory to DR ever produced yeah. had a Cameroon wrapper. In 1903. No yeah. kidding. And it was La Aurora. Yep. 
And then in 1987, they used Connecticut for the first time. And the third cigar in the Time Capsule series is the 1987 Connecticut. Would you work there or something? Because you know an awful lot about <laughs> yeah, this I didn't stuff. Know, you didn't know that? I didn't. I'm surprised. Yeah, La Aurora comes in in, 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 in 1903. And as I said earlier, all of a sudden in 1970s, Dominican Republic becomes the place. But they were there for 70 years. It's about time, right? A, a whole generation has come and gone, and all right. of a sudden it's hot. So way ahead of their time. Way ahead. So let's go into the 1990s when maybe you boys started smoking cigars. When did you stop, Eric? 1998. 1998? Yes. You missed the whole boom. I came in at the very end of the boom. And how about you, Jonathan? I bought my first cigar from you personally, <laughs> January 31st, 1996. Wow. I was not a cigar geek. I just was buying a cigar because my grandfather smoked cigars and Hannibal Smith. How about you, Ed Sullivan? Loved it when a plan came together. Probably 1985. All right. Perfect. Perfect. 32 years. This is, why we're, this is why we're friends. This is we can connect in, in a lot of different ways that I can't with you guys. Because you guys both remember when Shop had the extra P and the E on the end. <laughs> yeah. That was normal. It was a normal thing. So we're going to go into the 1990s, and uh, prices of cigars began to climb. We were talking about dollar cigars. They were like the average thing was a dollar, so even, even less than a dollar. I remember taking a brand in, and I believe it was Tiamo. And the cigars went from retail, 98 cents, a dollar, a dollar three. Robusto, Toro, Churchill. And I said, just make them a dollar each. And the rep from the company, Marvin Falsic, said to me, uh, no, you have to make them all different because everybody's going to buy the Churchill. And I said, no, nah, because the Robusto is the size people are buying. That's what they're going to do. He goes, just make them all different. And I'm saying to myself, I'm just going to make life easy. There was, a, there was actually no sales tax on cigars. There was no tobacco tax, and there was no sales tax on tobacco. So a dollar was a dollar. Right. So I figured a guy comes in, he has five single cigars, he throws a $5 bill, he goes on his way. That was it. And, uh, by the way, we gave matches, book matches, you know, like a pack oh, of really? matches. Oh, really? That was, there was no wooden because it takes 32 matches right. to light a 50 ring gauge when they were made out of paper. And we made them all the same price, and that lasted about a month because everybody bought Churchill's. He was 100% right. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this didn't work, so let me start listening to these guys. Uh, they've been around, and let's make it 98 cents, a dollar, and a dollar three, and then it automatically. Uh, Anything to, uh, because we know that when you break the dollar barrier, now it's the ten, $10 barrier. So if you go to 10.05 for a cigar. It's not going to sell as well as if it was ninety. Yeah, there, was, there, was, there was barriers at that time too, you know, and people saying. But a couple of cents is huge when you're talking about a dollar. It's so a one percent increase. Yeah, look at La Gloria Cubana, uh, ends up being a dollar thirty-five. Gloria Cubana Wayval, dollar thirty-five. This was a micro brand made in Miami, at a dollar thirty-five. So that tells you where the prices were at the time. But 1990 comes in and things start creeping up, and get me nervous to be honest with you. You know, uh, packs of cigarettes were a dollar a pack, huh? And, and, and uh, <coughs> my cigarette salesman uh, is here from then. And um, He looks great for his age. He, doesn't he look much better than me? Yes, he does. Yes, He's I know. A, I think he relaxes more than you do. He's a hard-working guy. Yes, he is, yeah. but he still, I think he takes his time and so goes easy. We see the prices start going up, and we see celebrities smoking on TV. 
for instance, David Letterman. He'd go back from commercial, and there was a cigar, and you'd see smoke pouring out. He's actually smoking on the set. Uh, Madonna smoking cigars on the set, being interviewed. Um, George, Arnold Schwarzenegger. George Papard on the A-team. That's right. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. Seinfeld, 1990. Seinfeld. Episodes talking about cigars, them smoking cigars and talking about cigars. This is 1990. So here it comes, and we can all see it. Those in the cigar industry see this thing going on, and people are opening um, actually cigar stores. There was no such thing as a cigar store. Two Guys Smoke Shop was Two Guys Smoke Shop because there was no cigar stores. Right. You had you pipes, were, <clears throat> you had cigarettes, everything. you had everything, magazines. So all of a sudden, 19... 92 comes along, September 1992, and at that trade show that year, earlier in the summer, there's the big talk of this magazine's coming out, Cigar Aficionado, and they're there telling people we're coming out with this glossy, high-end magazine, and these were the people from a wine magazine, high-end wine magazine called Wine Spectator, and how glossy and how elaborate it was with wine, and they're going to come out with cigars and do the same thing, and everybody is like, oh my God, they're going to actually talk like this is uh, an elaborate high-end thing and you're looking at cigars that are going up in price at the same time and saying I think we're gonna be okay here this is when cigars start becoming a luxury good really yes and, and I give them all props in the world because they took this early boom but they took it into a different direction and it was okay to spend the money on it so 1994 comes along a cigar bar opens the first ever cigar bar um, this is um, Beacom Bar in Books. This is on 1st Ave and 50th Street, New York. Yeah, I believe you're right. Like 49th, 51st, yeah. right around there. Right on the corner. I remember it. That was the first ever in the United States, a cigar bar. You actually go in there and drink and smoke cigars within a bar. And this is all everybody talking about that. And then multiple uh, guys open up uh, at that. So the cigar boom now is in full bloom. And here's where the problem arises. Cigars were never as bad as they were then because production had to climb and everybody is opening stores and uh, people who never smoked cigars before smoking and it becomes a supply and demand problem because it's not like you hit a button and all of a sudden more cigars come out right you have to plant the cigars you have to you know it's a three-year process of planting the tobacco seed turning it in fermenting it turning it into a cigar but you don't have three years people are asking for cigars I'm getting stressed out because I'm in the cigar business and I'm getting less cigars than I used to get because there's more people opening up and more brands are coming out. Anybody and everybody who wants to make money is getting into the cigar industry in one way or another, coming up with brands and things like that. And the cigars coming out were awful. You know, you smoke cigars from the early 90s. I mean, these cigars were terrible. And people who did smoke cigars, Ed Sullivan, we were smoking crap and being upset with, you know, these cigars are terrible. And they're more money than they used to be. What the heck is going on here? But it was the cigar boom. This is what it was. 1996, Club Macanudo opens up. 1997, imports of premium cigars have tripled since the 80s. And I graduated high school. 97. And never had one. No, I had one in 96. Yeah. So 96, Club Macanudo opens up. In Boston, we had um, the Punch Cigar Bar opened up. Um, it, it's cranking. I mean, there's one after the other that's happening. Um... Fortune Hunters come out of the woodwork to try to succeed in the cigar boom, and 
they get in, and now it gets oversaturated with people getting into the cigar boom. And September 1997 is the day it ended. And you could see it happening. Delivery showed up. Trailer trucks pulled up to us. Because, frankly, I would order cigars. If I needed 10 boxes of Brand X, I would call and order 100. And I would receive 10. But on September 1997, trailer trucks pulled up because I ordered 100 and I actually got 100. Because nobody else ordered. And you knew something was wrong because the supply exceeded the demand. The slowdown happened. Uh, the, the people that were just in it because of the fad of it um, All right, dropped besides, out. Just, let's talk yeah. for a second about besides the crapping of your pants when that first tractor trailer truck pulls up and there's one behind it getting ready to unload. How did you process what was going to happen at that point? So there were two ways to go. We were, we were going to either at that point do the same thing, unload, get rid of it, or I'm going to be the one that's going to remain at the end of this thing. So I, that's the direction I took. I said, I'm going to end up staying on, so I'm going to play like a, like a big boy here, and I'm going to look at people getting out, and I'm going to try to buy low. Buy low, sell high, right? Sure. So I'm going to try to buy low. I was paying too much for cigars at that time before that day, and now the opportunity was to buy it cheaper. I was buying it for higher money and selling them. I said to myself, am I going to be selling cigars next year? Yes, I am. Well, I can buy them for a fraction of the price from these manufacturers, so I'm going to load up and think I'm going to continue on. And I'm a younger man at the time and a lot less to lose. Let me do that. As a matter of fact, we not only bought from the manufacturers, but I would buy from the retailers too. If they were going out of business, I'm raising my hand and saying I'm interested. So uh, sealed boxes from stores that were going out of business and give them basically a dime on a dollar um, or find somebody else. And um, we took advantage of the situation and we bought and we bought heavy and giving the, um, the customer a great deal on top of it. So they were used to paying big money for a cigar, and here it was all of a sudden that, you know, we would be selling boxes of cigars for $50, $100 boxes of cigars for $50, or two for 100 and they would double up. And we just And this going. is right around the time when you had just got out of Massachusetts? Yep. Because yeah, we got, out, we got out a year before. They had their high tax, and yeah. you're up in New Hampshire. You have no tax. You have an advantage, and you're pulling all of your customers up from Boston at that point, which is kind of timing is everything, yeah. doing the right thing at the right time. But here I was, one store. Lucky. That's all I had was Even one store. Even though you've, you've worked Although, your balls off your entire yeah. life, that was a very fortunate turn yeah. of events. Um, we did have an online presence. We were, I believe, the second people to have an online presence selling cigars and not know it was only because one of my employees was a nerd computer geek one of your employees was a nerd yeah barry stein barry stein was not even smoking cigars maybe no nobody was yeah. a, he was a nerd that's what i was alluding to I was just <laughs> taking an opportunity but um, we ended up opening an online presence. We were part of um, the boards at that time, they were called, uh, ASC, Alt Cigar Smokers, which you were part of, Ed Sullivan, yep. uh, Steve Saka, uh, um, you know, all the different people that were on there talking cigars. And when somebody would talk about a certain thing, I would say, just so you know, we have these things if anybody wants. I get myself in trouble because that was, what was the wording for that? Poaching? 
I forget, they, they, it was something negative of what I was doing, but I was trying to make a living and tell them I had the cigars. And, and, and the same thing, it, it was sought after cigars. People were looking at Maybe you couldn't even get the cigars anymore. I got them, I'd say I got them, and we built a good online presence at that point uh, because there wasn't a lot of it. I believe Holtz in Philadelphia was the first. I think I was the second. And then they all Everybody figured it out in, yeah. as it went on. Um, so the bust, uh, September 97, let's call it the bust of 98. Uh, a lot of brands were closeouts, shutdowns, sellouts. Um, this is when you, you know, see uh, big online guys at that point now start really uh, closing it out, um, you know, saying these cigars are crap, but they're only a dollar a piece. And right. uh, really the dollar cigar became all the rage at that point. You could buy cigars at a dollar again uh, from what was in the 80s. Here it is in the end of 1990, we got dollar cigars again. So th there was value to the, to the customer, but the problem was the cigars were not very good. But that's the cigars we had, the rush. The people that did not rush cigars, one of them was a Toro Fuente. They actually built a model based on um, supply and demand that their cigar got all the accolades because they took time, they did it the right way, and everybody wanted a Fuente cigar because they were great. They weren't the best price cigar, but it was the best cigar out there because they didn't rush it, and that was their thing. We don't rush the hands of time thing. Very frustrating for the, for the retailer, me, sure. very frustrating for the consumer that wanted a good cigar, but not many people had it. So uh, it actually brought them to the very, very top, and, and the Newmans will tell you, I uh, had many talks to them over that. I remember they weren't able to keep up with the demand of the short story. You're right. That was like the holy grail of cigars at one point because you just couldn't find right. it. Right. They only had two people rolling it. Mm -hmm. I'd go to the factory and see it, and i say, hey, guys, I got an idea. I want to sit and talk with you about it. And they said, what? And I said, I got a way to increase production of the short story. And they said, what's that? Mm -hmm. I said, you got two people rolling them. Get four. <laughs> No, no, no. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just frustrated as an entrepreneur. I'm like, are you kidding me? I could sell everyone you'd make. Just get four people to make these things. But it was two people and at the time. sell them to me in three years if you Right. So who survived out of that initial group that started in the early 90s during the cigar boom and ended up at the end of the cigar boom was over, we'd see them all fall apart. One of them was La Flor Dominicana. Fluid Dominicana, 1994, they come in. Here they are at the end of the 90s and probably in a better position than they were. And interesting about the Florida Dominicana, they still are one of those companies that will not rush production. They will not release cigars until yep. they're ready. Look at the Andalusian Bull. Everybody's out of it. It's the hottest cigar right now, and nobody can get it. Right. Perdomo, they started in 1995 in Miami, and uh, they had a nice production in Miami, and I'd go there and, and look at what they were doing and stuff, but soon they figured out that the cost in Miami were too much. They moved to Nicaragua, and they go into a big factory. First, they started in a little, little area, and then they go into a big factory, and boom. You know, what a, what a book uh, Nick Perdomo could write on that. I'd read it. Alec Bradley comes out in 1996. They're making cigars for golf um, 
having cigars made for them for, for uh, golf uh, courses. Golf courses, yeah, that was their whole thing. They had flavored cigars for golf courses. And after uh, the boom is over, they end up traditional cigars, and they go on from there, and they still continue. Ashton, 1989, they were right there at the very beginning of it, uh, and Ashton becomes a big, giant brand. Rocky Patel, 1995, boom, when the boom is over, he goes into the next direction, too. Awesome watching these guys because I know them all. Yeah. And we all grew together. It was an awesome little little uh, thing of, of watching that happen. So what was hot and what went away? One of the hot ones, Butera. Butera was a micro brand made by a big manufacturer, but a micro brand, a pipe maker who made a cigar brand. It was an awesome cigar. Uh, he ended up selling out to the person that made his cigar. Uh, Canary Dioro, that was a big, big brand. Um, Canary Islands, Canary Dioro. Never even heard of it. Never heard of it. Great cigar. Um, Low, low price cigar. Uh, A lot of shot fillers and things like that, but a great selling cigar. Cruz Real was like the competition to to Tiamo, was a big selling brand. Dunhill, Dunhill was like the the Davidoff at the time. And uh, they don't even make Dunhill anymore. Discontinued brand. Licenciado was a Cuban-looking thing from Mike Cigar out of Florida. Big, popular brand. Oscar. Now, we know Leaf by Oscar, but there was a brand, Oscar. Made Named by after the Grouch uh, from Sesame Street? Uh, was it green? Was it, it, no, but it was a high-end Davidoff-style type of cigar, as Pleiades was. Pleiades was Swisher. And that was one, probably the most expensive cigar on the market at the time, was Pleiades high-end. Eight dollars. Uh, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> Actually packaged in France. That was their go-to thing. Uh, Ramon Alones. Um, I don't know if they even still make. That was a Cuban brand made in the Dominican Republic or made in Honduras, I think. Ramon Alones is still around. They, they caught a lot of flack last year because they put a really horrible band on it that looked like it was made in Microsoft Paint by a three-year-old. Um, so it and, still exists. And I could be wrong on this, but I believe Ramon Alones and Partagas was the same exact cigar and just... I've heard that package differently. I've heard that before. Um, Royal Jamaican, which was made in Jamaica. I I believe that brand still exists, made in the Dominican Republic. Not the same owners, not the same thing. Very, very different. Santa Demiani was another top. Remember that? Santa Demiani. I liked it. Uh, Santa Rosa. Remember remember that? Santa Rosa. Uh, Black. That was the beginning of dying cigars and things like that. Uh, Troya. Another big one in the 90s. Uh, Big brands for us. In the 90s was Bering, La Primadora, um, Bahia, La Unica was, was the biggest selling bundle cigar brand in the world, La Unica. Um, it was made by Fuente, distributed by J.C. Newman. What a bargain that cigar was. No band, no box in a bundle uh, with no name on it. Dos Ombre still exists today. Yep. Uh, La Giana, Cusano, Vicentennial. And then one of the first sweet tip cigars, you had Bacharach out there and you had Carbonell. Was Don Lino big up here? Don Lino was. Yep, it was yes, huge it was. in New York. Yes, yep. it was. And in 1996, JFK's Humidor sold um, for $575,500. $575,500 to Marvin Shankin, who owned Cigar Aficionado. 
putting them on the map. They were already on the map, mm -hmm. but this this put them over the map and let everybody uh, know who they are. So uh, it was a pretty interesting ride of the 1990s. Uh, then came the Internet, a lot more. Uh, I got so much information here. But right now, let's uh, briefly talk about the La Aurora time capsule as we're getting down to the nub of the cigar. Remember in Vegas uh, last year, uh, we went out to eat with uh, Eric Hansen, and he asked for the smattering of salts. Yes, different salts. And there was the black salt. It was the smoked salt. Yeah. This has that yeah. smoked, it's salty component. Got to give you the bell on that. I hate to say it, that I know what you're talking about, and you're 100% right. Smoky salt. We agree on verses, and now I agree with you on salt. Yeah, the world's, world's coming, coming to an end. end. Want to make yeah. out after no, the show? No. Just checking. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Not into the facial hair. All right. We're going to take a break. Higher. <laughs> <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to light up an old cigar and tell you why it is very different than the ones that come out now and what cigar manufacturers don't want you to know. we got a little information here on the media, the Internet. Uh, we're going back in time. This is uh, the back in time episode. We're smoking the La Aurora time capsule. This is the Corojo version. You're looking at a $5 cigar. Uh, damn good for $5. I'll tell Very you. Good. Damn good. Yeah, $100 box of cigars. So uh, we'll get to that and lots more. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, in the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Stepping into the aging room has a new meaning at Aging Room Cigars as Raphael Nodel has traveled to Spain, where the idea for Aging Room Solera was born. The Solera method of aging has been used for centuries in the making of wine, sherry, brandy, and rum. The method mixes different vintages, allowing them to age together. For Aging Room Solera, Raphael takes several tobacco vintages and puts them in bales where they age together for another 12 to 18 months. This allows the tobaccos to marry for a longer period of time. At the end of the aging process, Aging Room Solera becomes a balanced and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. Aging Room Solera. It will have you calling for an encore. In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX. All aged to perfection. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno. To create this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soil of Estelian Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online at TwoGuysCigars.com. Sereno, a majestic cigar aged to perfection.
You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world. From exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of cigar science basics. This is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast, or better yet, passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. You owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine, Cigar Journal. Available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website, CigarJournal.com. That's CigarJournal.com. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the decade on steroids. The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. The La Galera Habano uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar for a classy company. Hi there, this is David Garofalo of the Cigar Authority, and I want, no, no, I need to tell you about La Galera Habano. The La Galera Habano is an authentic cigar elaborated with the hands of the best cigar rollers of Tabacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. Blended around an outstanding, flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, the Dominican-grown Corojo binder, and the filler made up of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and Peloto de Oro, creating a medium to full-bodied, attractively consistent, and aromatic smoke that envies no other. I love this cigar. Have you tried La Galera Habano yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Available at Better Cigar Shops worldwide is La Galera Habano. The wait is over. La Galera Habano. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa, are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa tobacco farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family-centered company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. 
the premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry, is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This yep. is the Cigar Authority. That's right! The authority. We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? On everything cigar. We've got too far! In. There's too much to lose! And out of the cigar industry. Keep our With your host, David Garofalo. On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it, just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. Mr. Jonathan. You know what? I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Barry Stone. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. A former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. It's time to light them up. Favorite non-pornographic magazine to masturbate to. It's time. Good housekeeping. For the Cigar Authority. Did we just become best friends? Yep. And we are back with our number two, broadcasting live from the La Flua Dominicana Cigar Sound Stage, located at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And uh, we are going back in time. Yeah, so, so, I, didn't, so I, didn't, I didn't write the thing on there. So what? <laughs> oh, why does it feel so good when you mess up? But, but yeah, whatever. whatever. And you're listening to the Cigar Authority, <laughs> broadcasting over eight years, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast, awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine, awarded the top 10 educational podcasts by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. Catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog on thecigarauthority.com. All right, a little coffee break. What do we have for coffee today? We went, uh, at Sean's suggestion, we went with the Sumatran pour-over. And uh, I, think he, I think he nailed it. Yeah, this is a pour-over is just much like a Mr. Coffee type of thing, except Sean is Mr. Coffee. Yes, he is. He is the machine pouring the hot water at... An exact 200. 205 degrees. And, uh, three, minute, three minutes he has to pour it over. Two minutes and 15 seconds he has to get all the water out, and then it drains for another 45 seconds or so. And it matters because I've tried it the different way. It looks like, no, it, why would that matter? It matters. And yeah, it makes it bitter if you go too fast and all this different thing. He's liking the mic- nitro. Uh, Bo's liking the nitro um, this has a, cold brew. This has a tea-like flavor mm. it's like you, you can taste the coffee but it also has that that bright citrusy tea-like component it's light it's different and we're just drinking a black but you can add sugar but it tastes a little sweet anyway yeah um well here is a cigar for you this is i'm going really back in time this is the bahia trinidad from tony bahani this is a cigar out of costa rica um and this was the, the tough one. The Trinidad A was the hard one to get. So I would buy whatever I could. You get a little sap that's on the, on the wood of it. Means the uh, tree was not cut down at the right time. So I had them. And when Tony Bahani, he was the, he was the first, I would say, um, boutique, um, famous boutique manufacturer that people would want to get his autograph and talk with him. I wanted to get his autograph in May of 1999. And you did. And I did. 
and he signed it, and I was uh, so thrilled to have it, and I kept it for 18 years. And, and now you're sharing it with us. Sharing with us and, and our audience, and uh, I think I can do that because this is my personal collection. And so, uh, uh, The outside wrapper is a, a little cedar note. I would imagine that's a cedar box. Yes. But also a very distinct aroma of peaches. Exactly. And, and as you what, know, Barry Stein, peaches come from a can. They were put there by a man. And you're all about the can. The can. Giggity. <laughs> what do you know about this, Barry? Well, I uh, you know it comes from Costa Rica, and it uses a Criollo wrapper. The fillers are allegedly four-year-age Nicaraguan and Brazilian, uh, being your box was signed in 99. That now makes it a uh, 21-year-aged tobacco. Um, the price is priceless because they're no longer available. Yeah. And it's the A size. And why we weren't able to track down the official size, if it's anything like a traditional A, it's nine and a quarter by 48. And uh, I would say that's correct. Yeah, I would, it feels correct in my hand. Yeah? Okay, perfect. <laughs> Let perfect. me do a little uh, comparison. Yes, it is correct. <laughs> yes. It is correct. So this was the orange band, uh, Bahia, in a script letter. The orange band would jump out uh, from the um, In a shell brown. Yeah. Yeah. And um, kind of a rough, rustic-looking wrapper. Yeah, I recall that. <coughs> I wouldn't... I wouldn't gravitate to a cigar that looks like this if it was uh, an expensive cigar. Was, would this have been expensive? It was an expensive cigar, and I can't remember back in the day how much it was, but comparatively to everything else, first off, Bahia was up there in price to begin with, and then when the, the A size was like astronomical. Uh, Big jump. You know, another 50% increase because of the particular size of the, of the cigar. And opening the box of a box of Bahia from Costa Rica... As soon as you opened it up, we would tell the customer, take a whiff of it when you open that box. Peach. You would smell peach. And there's nothing that was added to it or anything like that. What do we have more? Well, because uh, Barry Stein and Ed Sullivan only ended up with a little taste down there. So I only got a little taste. We had uh, Barista Sean whip up another batch. Luckily, it, it takes only three minutes to pull this off. So yeah. he's able to do that. To some people, it seems like a long time. I want a cup of coffee. Why do I have to wait three minutes? Worth it. Worth it. Every time. Worth Thank it. you, Sean. Uh, all right. That's Barista Sean to you. Yeah. He has a name. He's got his hair colored back to pink. He reminds me of a pink. troll today. He's, yeah. got, he's got that pink troll hair going on. He's had blue hair, <laughs> blonde hair, and pink hair, and he's only been, been here for a couple of weeks. Pink is uh, it's, it's in honor of uh, Breast Cancer oh, Awareness Month. Oh, Breast Cancer Awareness. I'm and aware. That's what is I'm aware. October. And, and it's not just a pink. It is fluorescent pink. Oh, that is on fire, to yeah. say the least. <laughs> All Very right. handsome, though, Sean. Do Very have, handsome. Do you have memories of this cigar when it first came out? I mean, Tony's oh, my really God. no longer in business, so I, I don't have a problem saying it. This was a big deal. I never had a bit here that had a good draw. Really? So I've had this cigar once before, and it was incredibly plugged. Well, you, This you're, does not you're seem for, that way. You're asking for trouble. It's, yes. It's nine and a half inches, right? <laughs> nine and a quarter. Nine and a quarter. It, you're asking but for But we're trouble. men. We can exaggerate a little bit. Yeah. We'll say nine and a half. All right. So you cut it already? I cut it already. Yeah, way to jump ahead there. Well, I'm going to cut it right now. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. Vanilla Cedar. 
And I think I just officially become a New Englander because I said Cedar. Cedar. Berry Like a bourbon barrel. I'm picking up a, a bourbon vanilla. You know what? I see, I see, I see the similarity well, the to cedar is there the bourbon barrel age stuff. Um, so we'll go for a twofer. So 99, I got it signed. Very, you know, you got to give it. It was, it was around for at least a couple of years before that. You're talking 20 years inside this box. Just a guess. Mm. 20 years. It's going to pick up cedar. Oh, I would imagine, yeah. I, I, it feels like I got a draw, too. But I'm going to need some honking lighter for this. Where'd my lighter go? It took it from me. We're going to light our cigar today with the Lotus T4. This is a full metal jacket, four jet lighter, powered by the patented Vertigo big-ass tank. You've got an easy flip-out DuPont-style adjustment at the bottom to control all four flames. You got a cap to keep the schmuckus from getting in, especially if you use it as a uh, bit large man's pocket lighter. The Lotus T4 retails for forty nine ninety nine. Looks like it would be a giant Zippo, but heavier, denser, um, thick with the corner edges. It's nice. like it stop a bullet. It is the fat man's pocket lighter. All right, I got a draw. As do I. Perfect draw. And I'm actually really impressed <clears throat> that a cigar that's 18 years old, at least, possibly 20, has this much flavor right off the bat. Oh, there's a lot of flavor. This was it. This was full-bodied at the time. It's a little early to give, give you a strength profile on it yet. But... This was the go-to thing for the cigar geek if there was such a thing at that time. You know, it was, you know, do you want the regular Tiamo, Don Diego, H. Upman, or do you want this micro-brand from this odd country, Costa Rica, um, doing small batches? And they were actually the first to write inside the crop year and all the information that give you, before nobody was giving you information, Bahia was giving you all the information, the different tobaccos and everything. That wasn't happening then. I have a flavor. This oh, is incredible. You guys are going to absolutely agree with this 100%. You're at a campfire. You got your stick. You got your marshmallow on the end. And you toast that thing up to perfection. It's golden brown. And you go to bite into it, and the whole skin slips off, and you end up with just golden brown marshmallow skin in your mouth. You got it. And that is what's going on it's right awesome. now. I agree. You painted the picture, and I can taste it. I can taste it. So, you know, I've been advertising, promoting Two Guys Smoke Shop for years. Um, it was in, in the 80s. Uh, when nobody was doing it, my competition in the Boston area, we had L.J. Peretti and we had Ehrlichs, David P. Ehrlichs and Two Guys Smoke Shop. Those guys were in there for 100 years at the time. And here I am, uh, a young man with a little teeny store in East Boston, Somerville, Everett, and I have to get the word out of us. We weren't in downtown Boston. We had bad locations compared to where they were. So I had to get the word out. So we did a lot of advertising, radio, TV, everything we could possibly do, newspapers. Uh, we would do um, cigar events, anything we could do to get known. And um, one of the producers we have here working at Studio 21 is um, Stu Fink. 
Stu's not here on Saturdays yet. Um, when we get some more podcasters, and maybe we'll fill up the day, and it'll be worth his while to come up. But um, Stu worked at a radio station at the time, and uh, we did a commercial for it. And Stu ended up sending me an old commercial that I did in 1995. Wow. So here is the commercial. Hi, folks. This is Dave and John from Two Guys Smoke Shop. We've said it before, and we'll say it again. Cigars are hot and in fashion. That's right. Premium, handmade cigars, the kind we sell every day at Two Guys Smoke Shop. Two Guys Smoke Shop has the biggest, best, and freshest selection of handmade cigars anywhere. Call 561-4990 and see why the Boston Globe calls Two Guys Smoke Shop Stogie Heaven. Featuring brands like the highly acclaimed Puros Indios. Cigar Aficionado calls it outstanding. Bahia, Smoke Magazine calls it one of the best. La Giana Havana. The new smoking sensation. We love it. And how about the cigar named after us, Dos Ombre? A great cigar at an unbelievable price. Call 617-561-4990 and get on our mailing list. Have your cigars shipped to your home or office. We ship cigars everywhere. That's 617-561-4990. Two Guys Smoke Shop, two locations, 423 Broadway, Everett Square. And 262 Meridian Street, East Boston. Minutes from Logan Airport. Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's stogie heaven. Whose idea was it for you to suck on the helium before you did the commercial? <laughs> that was a younger Dave. <laughs> it was a younger Dave on a few cups of coffee, I'm sure. Just uh, play the start of that one more time. It sounds like he's on helium, for sure. Hi, folks. This is Dave and John from Two Guys Smoke it's Shop. helium. <laughs> <laughs> So is, is Did your balls drop yet? Yeah. <laughs> Too far. Did that cross the, the line? The whole audience just groaned. <laughs> oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Will you please? God almighty. Uh, leave Dave's low-hanging fruit alone. So uh, I, I can envision actually exactly the time frame that that was because I don't mention the Somerville store, which means I had just sold that Somerville store and left the other two stores at the same time. I mentioned La Gianna, my daughter Gianna, born in 1994. I'm mentioning it, the new sensation. So this has to be from October 1994 when the cigar came out. Here it is, new. So this is the beginning of 1995. At what point does Cigar Jar pick up distribution of La Gianna? Because that was in and around that time. Right, right? away. Right away. Right away. Yeah, right away. So it I'm, really did become a sensation. And I'm not mentioning La Giana as Oz because somebody distributed it. Right. I owned it, but somebody else distributed it. But I did mention Dos Ombre, Dos Ombre. I've never got that right, but it's Dos, right? Yeah. Uno Dos, Dos Ombre. And um, that cigar was out for quite a while, and we were doing gangbusters for it. And in and, and those days was, oh, my God, an unbelievable cigar for the price. And here it is all these years later, same exact thing that uh, those two cigars still continue. Um, but look, let's look at Bahia. I talked about Bahia during it. That was hot. It was unbelievable. Uh, and boy, did that crash and burn. And the other one, Puros Indios, we used to... Uh, when the shipments of Puros Indios would come in, would be empty in the box, and people would be taking them from our hands. Another fuller-bodied um, Puros Indios was Honduran, uh, Costa Rican on the Bahia, and uh, both of them, you know, they were, you know, much bigger sellers than than our own brands. But the bigger they are, the harder they fall. It did, was, uh, there. was Bahia bought by somebody? Is that why? 
But he uh, um, got in, in, you know, there's lots of stories of what happened there. It was a brand out of California, and um, there was tax issues and things, and then he moved out of there um, into Florida where he changed production companies, and actually the production company, Don Douglas was the guy's name out of Costa Rica, who made cigars for other people. One of the other people he made it was CAO. The early days of CAO, not the first person to make CAO, actually, the second person, but really put CAO on the map was Don Douglas. And Tony Bahani was moving more cigars than anybody out of there. And Tony said, you can't make other people's cigars because he wasn't making enough for him. Right. So it's like, stop making cigars for, for other people, just me. So the guy ended up doing it. And then when, when uh, Bahia crashed and burned. The so ego so, yeah. is what did him in. Yeah. So CAO ends up leaving, uh, not because they wanted to, but they end up leaving Costa Rica, and they go to Perdomo. And Perdomo takes them to another level, too. And then they got bought out, and it goes from there and becomes a different cigar than it was. Early on, I mentioned cigars are different than they were before. Yes, it was a Costa Rican cigar. It was a Nicaraguan cigar. I believe, I don't know if it's even still made in Nicaragua. It's a different cigar. It's a different company. It's altogether different. But he still exists. The band still exists. The brand, it's nothing to do with what it was. What we're smoking here, and if you were to get a... That's like comparing Macanudo now to Macanudo. Yeah. It was made in Jamaica. It's not even... Yeah. I've smoked a couple, thanks to you, of the Jamaican yeah. ones. Fantastic. The Dominican one is a cigar. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you, I was so into this brand, and here I am. This is the end of this box, but I got more boxes. I mean, I saved multiple boxes of this cigar. It was a big deal. You know, and it was a big deal to get it signed and, and hang on to, and I hung on to that all this time, and I still have sealed boxes of it. Um, so, big you may deal. want to get to smoking it because this thing is pretty friggin' good right now. Really good. A lot better than I remember them back in the day. This is really enjoyable. So right now uh, it's time for the Don Raphael offer of the day. I have it here somewhere. And the Don Raphael offer of the day... Is five hundred dollars, Mr. Jonathan? Why do you got Why do you gotta call me up? Because you've done it. You've done it before. Maybe you'll do it again. I'm nervous that you'll actually pay. Go from up to your neck in 30 do, 32 degrees water, up to your neck, and then immediately go into 102 degree water, 70 degrees difference in a hot tub in under 60 seconds. I'm looking to shock your body, it right? It's going to feel like you are burning alive is what that's going to feel like. That well, is a serious... I've, so I've you done, go into an ice, an, you know, ice water and then going into a hot tub. I've done hot tub into making cool. a snow angel completely naked. Really? And then back in the hot tub. And, man, it's, it's not bad going from the heat to the cold. But, boy, does it suck going from the cold to the heat. In February, we saw you and your wife dancing in the snow right into a lake. That had to be close to 32 degrees. Yeah, that was cold. That was cold. But the other way, I mean, can you die from that? I don't think you can die from it, but it w you would want to die because it hurts. But 500, I can't get you up to 1,000. Yeah, absolutely not. I'd be curious to see if you die or not. I'll match the 500 just to do it. <laughs> to see if he lives or not. Do you have a do not resuscitate? I don't. <laughs> You are going to be performing mouth-to-mouth mouth on me, you Here in the Boston area, they do it once a year. The, oh. Penguin Plunge, they jump yeah. into cold water, but you're not going from uh, ice, water, ice water to 102. That's hot. Yeah. 
At 105, you're not supposed to be in the water for more than 10 minutes at a time because you can have a stroke. Yeah, you only got to do it for 30 seconds. 60 seconds. I might just say screw it. I'm on the fence. All right, on the fence. Barry? No. Ed Sullivan? No, but I would encourage you to try. Yes, <laughs> you're going you're to do a little cash match up here? What, do we have to go up to 1,500 total? If it was 1,500, I would do it. Really? Oh. Yeah. Then we're not giving it to you. <laughs> 1500 with the signing of a DNR. Look how perfect the burn is. We talk about the razor shop burn. Oh, yeah. The combustion line between There's the There's almost ash, no combustion line. It, it, it's almost touching. You know, it just sits there. Old tobacco to begin with, and then old tobacco, because remember, the boom had ended at that point. So uh, moving on here to um, other things that were going on, brands that ended up changing. Uh, during those years, Davidoff leaves Cuba and goes to the Dominican Republic in the 90s. Royal Jamaica, Macanudo, Temple Hall all leave Jamaica and go to the Dominican Republic. La Gloria Cubana leaves Miami and goes to the Dominican Republic. Perdomo leaves Miami and goes to Nicaragua. Padron leaves Honduras, goes to Nicaragua. So Padron was a Honduran cigar at one point? Honduran, yep. At one time, they had both going at the same time. You get boxes from Honduras and boxes from Nicaragua. They had two factories going at the same time. And they tasted different. Nope. <laughs> but some people would say, I want the Nicaraguan one, I want the Honduran one. And I'd be like, it's the same thing. I'm How like, much money would a Honduran box of Padron go for right now? Yeah. That is a collector's item. I can't believe you didn't save boxes of Wow. Those. I didn't think it was a big deal, but now that you mention that, I'm going to have to That's take... the white whale right there automatically. Yeah. That becomes the most difficult to find. I vaguely remember the boxes, the uh, bands saying Honduras on them. No, the bands didn't say it, did okay. they? I don't the remember. So, I... Said it on the box. It could have. Um, CAO leaves Costa Rica, goes to Nicaragua, but he leaves Costa Rica and goes wherever the hell they're making these things now, which is everywhere probably. I don't know. Uh, Don Papine and Tatuaje leave Miami and go to Nicaragua. Then ownership changes. The Glory Cubana. One more question. Yep. Perdomo. Yes. Was he using Nicaragua tobacco in Miami? I wouldn't know. Different brand names he had at the time. I would imagine so. Why would he go there? I don't know for sure. I, this is a question for Nick Perdomo. His success, I think, has been his never-ending quest to become completely 100% vertically integrated to the point of inventing nozzles that don't yeah. waste paint. Yeah. I mean, just taking himself to the next level. I, I, he really should write a book. Yeah. So changing ownership. Glory Kubata... Um, changes ownership. Ernesto Perez Carrillo gets it from his dad, does it, builds it, and then it's General Cigar that buys him. And I, it was a little price war on that. There was other companies looking for it, much like what's going on right now with companies and stuff. But that was a time that um, people were looking for these brands that survived uh, through the boom. General Cigar, uh, Edgar Kuhlman uh, sells out to Swedish Match. Um, later becoming Scandinavian Tobacco. CAO sells out to Henry Winterman's and uh, later STG, Scandinavian Tobacco, who buys General. Um, Camacho, Christian Aroa, and his dad, Julio Aroa, sell to Davidoff. Cusano, Mike Cusano, sells off to Davidoff. Black and Mild, a machine made with a little tip cigar, Sells out, a family-owned company, sells out to Philip Morris, Altria. Drew Estates sells to Swisher. Oliva sells to Jay Cortez. Tarano sells to General Cigar, STG. 
Parodi, Avanti, sells to Toscano, the Italian company. Aging Room to Altadas, Imperial Tobacco. Nat Sherman to Philip Morris, Altria. Arganis and Bahia, owned by General Cigar now. And Dunhill discontinues. The smaller the product that they make, it seems, the more money they have to make a purchase. Say that again. The smaller the product that they make, Henry Winterman's, for example, in yeah. the tins, those are tiny little cigars. They and, sell billions of them, though. And they have the money to buy oh, yeah. the big companies. We look almost at, like a, they're almost a cigarette company, right? Right. We look yeah. at somebody like Padron and we say, okay, this is a massive company. They are it's not tiny. even a speck right. tiny, on tiny. the world of tobacco. Tiny. Absolutely true. Very Absolutely true. So that's the ownership changes. Right now, let's find out what's up in the cigar world with Barry Stein. It's time for What's, what's up? up in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is the Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled end to bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse cigar today. This week, the CAA, CRA, and IPCPR filed a summary judgment and injunction on the FDA warning label plan and the FDA's ability to collect user fees. In the motion, they argue that the warning labels are unconstitutional, and in terms of user fees that we reported on last week, the motion argues that the FDA's decision not to regulate e-cigarettes violates the equal protection component of the Fifth Amendment. The groups have asked the courts to vacate both aspects. Is that dangerous to try to have something having to do with the tax collection to go along with warning labels? Because if they veto for any reason either one of them, the whole bill goes away. Right. Shouldn't they separate, okay, let's talk about the taxes, and now let's talk about the warning labels, unless, separate. Unless there's a line item veto allowed. I don't know if there's such a thing or the whole thing goes away because it is filed Sounds away. like the whole yeah, thing goes away. It does. I, I would say that that's a dangerous combination. The they didn't consult me, obviously. Next time I will. The TAA this week announced a change to their annual meeting due to Hurricane Irma. The 50th meeting at its back of this Association of America was scheduled for April 15th and the 19th of next year in St. Martin. However, due to massive damage, the meeting has been moved to Casa de Campo Bummer. in La Ramona, Dominican Republic, from April 29th to May 3rd. Not that there's anything wrong with Casa de Campo. It's beautiful, mm -hmm. but I never went to the other place. I was there for my honeymoon, St. Martin. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad that you're not going to get to yeah. go there. It was gorgeous. Way Bummer. to rub it in. <laughs> Earlier this year, we heard Rafael Nodal's Boutique Blends would be sold and distributed by Tobacalera USA. Now Rafael Nodal has a new title in Head of Product Capability, and the role will have him oversee the premium cigar operations, which includes Aptatus USA, as well as their online division and retail stores. Capability. What would that mean? Capability. It's, it's a weird title. Yeah, it seems like a made-up title, just a catch-all to do everything. Yeah. Um, we reported on the CigarAuthority.com in the past about plain packaging, and you can search for it on the site to see how horrific it is. This week, Ireland began enforcing such a rule, which forces companies to package all cigars in a box using the color gray 2C, 
The Helvetica font sizes 10 to 14. In addition, the same must be used on all cigar bands, eliminating all art from the box. Ireland joins Australia, and various other countries are trying to implement the same, including our neighbors to the north in Canada. Mm. Lastly, Foundation Cigar Company has taken back distribution of the upsetters from Miami Cigar and will now handle it in-house. And that's What's Up in the Cigar World. What's Up in the Cigar World was brought to you by Recluse Cigars. The Recluse Amadeus Habano Reserva uses grade-A Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a San Andreas binder, a Dominican Lajero Seco, and Pennsylvanian Broadleaf filler tobaccos, which create a blend we call the Cigar of the Year. Recluse Cigars is What's Up? Next week, October 14th, a special secret surprise guest. We're going to get the real behind the scenes, things nobody knows and things you might not even want to know. And we're going to smoke a cigar that the cigar maker doesn't even want to sell. I can't, I can't believe you're really going through this. I'm going I saw through the it. notes and I saw the questions that were... Have to ask this but, person. But if I end up saying who it is, and this isn't, I'm not teasing the audience, I can't let the, main, the person know because he'll stop it. So you'll see next week. And we're going to have it happen right here. I'm horrified by this. Don't be horrified. I'm horrified. Right now, uh, let's get horrified and see what's up <laughs> in the asylum. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha, they're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away, ha-ha! I think you're beginning to dread this, but it's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars, Take No Prisoners. Asylum cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80 Asylum cigars. This week, a 45-year-old passenger was detained at an airport when it was discovered he was trying to smuggle in close to a kilo that was hidden in his rectum. Mm. However, this kilo was a little bit different than what you might be thinking as the man was observed walking funny and appeared to be in some pain. After the snap of a rubber glove, don't get too excited, Mr. Jonathan, a close examination revealed the man was hiding almost a kilo of gold wrapped in black plastic sheets. Custom officers found seven golden biscuits along with six chains, who, by the way, has no relation to the wrapper two chains, and that's not only insane, it's asylum. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha, they're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful. You ever put a bar of gold up your butt? No comment. So rapper uh, 2 chains. That, uh, that was a nice tie-in. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to go down that road. So we're smoking the Bahia Trinidad. This is a box uh, signed from 1999, probably about 20 years old, the Bahia Trinidad from Costa Rica. I know what I'm going to do the rest of the day. <laughs> Smoke this. Cause yeah. It's nine and a quarter inches long. It's going to take a while, but nice, right? Very nice. I'm having a, cinnamon. a little burn issue here, but yeah. I'm picking up on the cinnamon, and my toasted marshmallow is going back and forth between perfectly toasted and maybe just slightly over-toasted. And then back to perfectly toasted. Cinnamon it's crunch cereal. Nice little roller coaster. Cinnamon crunch cereal. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I hate smoking this size in a car because every time I turn my head, I hit oh, it on the frame. Yeah. Or, 
It's not I got to get rid of a few inches before I take this to the car. All right, let's go to break. And when we come back, we got the classic three-way. We got Mr. Jonathan getting debonair. We got letters in the mailbox. I got more information of back in the day. I, I could go on all you know. I got yeah, you all could. these years. You're old. I'm old. I'm old. I can't <laughs> help it. Okay, we got all that and more. We are live from Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Smokey Joe's is changing the dress code when it comes to enjoying a premium handmade cigar. Using the finest materials of velvet and silk, their smoking jackets are made for a lasting impression. Smokey Joe's has fitted the likes of Smokey Robinson, James Brown, Sammy Davis Jr., and now they want to fit you too with a smoking jacket. Proudly designed and manufactured in the USA, Smokey Joe's invites you to feel the inspiration of fashion from an era where clothing was designed using only the finest materials and craftsmanship. Smokey Joe's clothing continues to be a story of America at its best. Innovation, hard work, and fearless enterprise. When you light up the best, smoke it while wearing the best. Smoking Joe's Smoking Jackets. Available at SmokeyJoe'sClothing.com That's SmokeyJoe'sClothing.com Be sure to tell them the Cigar Authority sent you. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider Cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice its sweet like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding! The Rough Rider Cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar, imported, long filler cigar, but wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range, that's right. Even the Churchill in the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider Cigars, there's nothing rough about Rough Rider except the name. Rough Rider Cigars. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada Number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Founded in 1989 by Mariana and Nestor Miranda, Miami Cigar and Company proudly celebrates their 25th anniversary with the release of their flagship brand, the Nestor Miranda Collection. Made in Esteli, Nicaragua by Don Pepin Garcia, the collection is available in three distinct wrappers aimed to please even the toughest critic. Nestor Miranda Collection. You only get one life. How will you live yours? 
Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Raised in Cuba and steeped in the rich tradition of the Fernandez cigar legacy. A.J. Fernandez produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua, ensuring superior quality. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez Cigars de Nicaragua are managed under the watchful eye of A.J. Fernandez himself. Through a fusion of inherited techniques and learned patience, A.J. Fernandez filler tobaccos are grown from prized seeds which are proprietary only to the Fernandez family. Perhaps the most essential quality of the A.J. Fernandez line of cigars, such as New World, Enclave and Last Call, is the perspective and motivation of A.J. Fernandez, as well as the history of the Fernandez family. Enjoy the continuing legacy of A.J. Fernandez cigars. Hi, this is Phil Zangi from Debonair Cigars and Rum, and thank you for listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retail's radio network. And we are back, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Sound Set. Mr. Jonathan's going to do a Debonair style. we got a classic three-way, and we're not going to get to letters in the mailbox again. It's all right. And they're piling up. They're piling up. And we want them to keep coming. And you go to um, the CigarAuthority.com, contact us, and you leave a message if you want, and we uh, will get to it eventually. Uh, but they are piling up, so let's make, make a plan to do a show that Absolutely. we can do some catch-up. We're smoking the Bahia. This is uh, a signed box from 1999. Uh, I'd say about 20 years on it. It's the A, which is a uh, very long cigar that you don't see a lot of A cigars being... Uh, it's not the hot cigar We do anymore. have uh, access, as of recently, to the Padron A. Okay. Every once in a while, it's around. Because they have to wait for those wrappers to be long enough to right. be able to go over an almost 10-inch cigar. Yeah, which is an 18-inch leaf they need to be very able to long. make an A. Very long. So, uh, very interesting anyway. Uh, while you're enjoying life till it's full, it's important to be debonair. How to be more debonair and gentleman-like is Gentleman Jonathan. Do you need a gentleman? Gentleman, I'm a gentleman. You need a gentleman? <laughs> you wouldn't want to call me gentleman. Ladies, fasten your seatbelts. 
switch on your electronic devices and pump up the volume. You need a gentleman? And this is The Gentleman's Way, and it's brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair provides its clients with suspension of reality. Time spent smoking a debonair can never be subtracted from one's life. A good handshake has long been a silent indicator of the kind of man you are. Beyond having a firm handshake, it is of course imperative that you make eye contact with the person you are shaking hands with. But this is all Handshake 101. The most important thing to take into account when it comes to your handshake is that gentlemen do not shake hands while seated. If you are able-bodied enough and you don't shake, stand to shake someone's hand, you are inadvertently telling that person that they are not as important as you are and that you want them to know it. If it's not something a gentleman would say with his words, he shouldn't say it with his actions. The question is, are you debonair or not? That's it? That's the tagline, so they, yeah, then I'm done. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've had it happen to me before. I'm, I'm not interested. I just shake your hand sitting down. And worse, if they don't make eye contact. Hey, listen, if somebody, for example, our friend Frank has a uh, very lovely booty on his foot. Yeah. And uh, if he did not of stand course. I to shake it, my hand. You walk over to him and you say, don't stand. No, no, yeah, it's exactly. But he's such a gentleman, he probably would stand still. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting and true. Okay, so we got to do a classic three-way. This is the time that we normally do this. But Aaron is our champion. Which means. He's always here. He's disqualified. He can no longer be the champion, so it goes back to the last this has never happened before, has that it? we had, which was uh, me. Yeah. And I want to pick <coughs> to make sure that you're not cheating. Okay. Because I think you knew Aaron wasn't going to be here. I had no idea. And I think it's very interesting that Bo is here, and you were trying to make it so that you were going to pick Bo, who you fed the answers. So I would like to pick Ed Sullivan, who I know his whereabouts all week long, so that I know you haven't pick, fed him pick anything. Whoever you want. I want Ed Sullivan. To be in the uh, classic. classic How do we way. know we didn't email him? Who's we? Are you? So you're admitting you're in on this. <laughs> I, I am. I'm part of the team. All right. So, but he's, he's got the back of Barry. We can't let him see Barry's answer. I trust Ed Sullivan explicitly. Really? Can, All right. So you can trust be trusted. Him. Ed Sullivan, you know how this works? I know how this works. All right. You can't, without going over. Yeah. All right. And with you've heard of epic rap battles. But now it's time for the epic battle. Wow. It's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. In classic history. Is looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? Yes. All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under. $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? Let him know where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the Classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the Classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the Classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. That's undertones, you idiot! Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. All right, today is October 7th. And this is going to go to Mr. Jonathan. Celebrating his birthday today is John Cougar Mellencamp. John Cougar Mellencamp. Hurt so good? Hurt so good or hurt so bad? Hurt so good? Hurt so good. Hurt so good? Uh, I'm going to say that uh, he 
So about 52, which would mean 1965. 65, he says Barry Stein. I think he's older and it's 1952. 52, Ed Sullivan. I'm going even older. I'll go back to 1940. For the win. 1940, it was 1951. Oh. Barry said 52, he's one over, but you went down to 40, taking the point. See how that's done? Over to you, Barry Stein. Today is the birth date of Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia. Is there a conspiracy here? I don't think so. When was he born? During the match, we are gonna go 1957. 57, he says. Ed Sullivan. 1950. 1950. Mr. J, what do you got? 1948. 48. He says 1950. It's 52. The point goes to Ed Sullivan. I think what, what it is hell? is, I think you guys are terrible, and you always have been terrible, but it was okay that you were both equally terrible, and whoever comes on wins. Uh, That's what I think happens. I got my eye on you, Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan, today is the birth date of Taylor Hicks. Do you know who that is? Some American Idol, right? Singer, songwriter, American Idolist. Taylor Hicks. Yes. They were on the American Idol show. And they were born today. 1972. 72, he says. Uh, Mr. Jonathan. I'm going to go 1990. 90? And... Barry Stein. 19, what's, I can't read my handwriting. You just uh, wrote it down, <laughs> Dinkus. 1983. 83. 1990 is over. 83 is over. 76 it is, so 72 goes to Ed Sullivan. You see what I'm talking about here? And who's this going to? Mr. Jonathan. The worst thing is that I picked him, so I really can't complain about the obvious cheating that is happening. I think you're emailing everybody else except everybody. for us. I, I send this out to the regular weekly email that the two guys puts out, and I no, send it. No, it's not true because I'm on birthday. that list. We, we have to give credit to Ed. He's making it the least obvious of all the right. shows. I was going to say, Jonathan, I'm not going for the exact date the way Aaron did. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Mr. Point. Jonathan, we talked about American Idol. Simon Cowell was born today. English businessman and producer and creator of American Idol. Simon Cowell, born today. What year? 1952. 52, Barry. 1953. 53. Ed Sullivan? 1955. 55 for the points. It's 59. What do you got to say? Nothing. That's total time crap. Minus two didn't work. So I got four to zero to zero. I got two more birthdays. There's no need of this. You're gonna have to get two exact, I guess. Uh, this goes to uh, Barry. Stein, Barry. I believe. Oliver North, American colonel, journalist, author, convicted from the Iran Contra affair in the late '80s, but his convictions were vacated and reversed, and all charges against him dismissed. Oliver North. Born today, what year? 1941. 41. Ed Sullivan. 1935. 35. 1949 for two points. 49 is over. Son of a... 41, Barry Stein. It's 43. So you got in there. You didn't make it a wipeout. And the last one is over to Ed Sullivan. We got to keep Jonathan off the board, Ed. All a, right. A name I like to say. Yo-Yo Ma. I just yo, like to say it. Yo-Yo Ma. 
He's French-born. He's a uh, Chinese-American cellist. Yo-Yo Ma. It's an awesome name, and I don't know any other cellist besides him. So he was born today. What year? 1948. Mr. J. I'm going to go with my answer here. 1975. 75. And And I got 58 written down. 58 is just a little bit over. It's 55. So that goes to Ed Sullivan, who gets 5 to 1 to 0. Congratulations, Ed Sullivan. I am convinced now that they're terrible, and it doesn't matter who we bring on. Maybe it becomes beat the panel or whatever it is. You guys are bad. I think for the first time, a legitimate winner has come out of this game because you've cheated so many times, and you you just laid low. You didn't know I was going to call him up. So Ed Sullivan's a smart guy. Got to hand it to him. Good job, Ed. Thank you. And he nailed none of them exact. That was probably the smartest play. That, of that was by design, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to show him up too much. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm wondering back in the day, you know, we're going to the, these cigars don't even exist anymore. Does this classic, this was a classic three way. That was another one that was out there in the 90s, still out together today. Nice. Value, <laughs> maybe value, because this wasn't a value cigar. Nobody would look at, at the Bahia as, wow, what an unbelievable value this cigar has. Is there a cigar that you could think of that doesn't exist anymore from back in that day that you just wish you could go onto the shelf and grab? Like, I, I know what cigar it is for me. It's, it's the CAO Lyra Anniversaire that was made by Perdomo. Yeah. Um, that I, would be one cigar I wish was still I, on the shelf. I have some. <laughs> <laughs> I have a collection of these things. And, and they're awesome. They are awesome. They are. And could... Perdomo make that again? I would think so, unless CAO so, held on to the trademark. No, CAO owns it, but couldn't CAO, couldn't General Cigar go back to Nick Perdomo and say, make this for us? The only thing is a lot of people aren't going to remember. It's just amazing mm-hmm. to me that people don't even know what Bahia is, and it, and it was so popular, but it's because it's a younger generation that came in. You guys didn't smoke cigars till the brand was gone, basically. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah, at the end. I mean... You know, Puros Indios, which it was different tobacco. It, it's mm-hmm. actually the same guy in the same factory making it. Mm-hmm. It, it. The grandfather passed away and everything. But even with him still owning it and everything that ended up, the, the cigar was never what it was before. Mm-hmm. It was different tobacco. And there's a long story to that, what ended up happening to that tobacco. Uh, a lot of ugly stories. If uh, I don't really mind if we go a couple of minutes over. i got to read this mailbag. All right, go ahead. So this was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com as it pertains to last week's show. Okay. And John writes, Hi, guys. I'm not sure about world record length podcasts, Ah. but I do know of at least one that has done a 24-hour show, Leo Laporte from the Twit Network, who airs many different tech shows, uh, has done his program called Twit This Week in Tech on New Year's Day for at least 24 hours, celebrating the new year in every time zone around the world. Just passing this on. Wow. Loving your new set as well as the quality of video you are uploading. Be well. Signed, John. Could we start a new category of vodcast slash podcast record and do 24 hours? Yeah, because... Because it's different. It's both. Because the podcast that somebody said to me was like 43 hours. Yeah. It's two days. I can't do it. I'll lose. 
and, and why attempt something I know I can't do? Well, they, do, they did allow the panel to take some breaks as long as one person from the panel was on. I can stay up for 48 I, hours. I can do 24 hours is my maximum. I'm older. Maybe it's like 24 hours of Le Mans where you can have a different driver jump in the driver's seat. You're still racing for that team. So the, so the show is continuing on. Yeah. So, I mean, car 43 wins and the drivers are part of the team 43. But so it's different drivers. Barry and I could fight for three hours, no problem, and just pick a topic. So and who go. do you who well, do you why, call? Why you, you call hours, Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah, you call them up. You tell them, hey, we're going to break the record on such and such date. What's uh, what's the rules? Have to, we would have to look up to the rules because it's different for every record. Yeah. So is that a is that a phone call? I mean, is that an email? Hey, how do we? We're thinking of doing this. What do we got to do? I can email them and find out. Go ahead, find out, and we'll report that next week on the show. Because next week on the show, we're going to report a lot of things, a lot of things. Maybe people don't want to know or do want to know. So that's it. That's all the time we have. Bahia, Costa Rica, thumbs up. I certainly didn't have to wait uh, 20 years to end up smoking it. Uh, interesting cigar. I think very, very cedary mm. would be the component here. Um, Next week, next week, we have a special surprise guest, and she's going to tell all. Uh, she, you're giving away something. Or not she. Maybe I should yeah, have said okay. that. <laughs> Even stuff you don't want to know. Information you can't ever unknow once you've heard this. Warning, next week, you may not want to hear it. Until then, you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And it's quite possible you've learned nothing else in the last two hours, but always remember to keep the lit end out of your mouth. tell you about a fellow named Dave and the fact I have been buying my cigars from him since 1985 when they first opened up. Two Guys Smoke Shop. Now, Two Guys Smoke Shop have three convenient locations right over the Massachusetts border in tax-free New Hampshire. Now, here's something I bet you didn't know. Two Guys Smoke Shop is America's largest cigar shop and has the largest inventory of cigars anywhere. Wait till you see this place. You're not going to believe it, all right? Now, if you like cigars, you can't find a better place to buy them than at Two Guys Smoke Shop. They're in Salem, New Hampshire, Seabrook, New Hampshire, and their new location in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. It is worth the ride. You can call 888-2-CIGAR-2. That's 888-2-CIGAR-2 or on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. The best place to buy cigars anywhere is Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stogie Heaven. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.